0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد ونبي سروعة بكسر السن المهمله وفتح عقبة بن الحارث رضي الله تعالى عنه أنه تزوج ابنة لأبي إهاب بن عزيز فأتته امرأة فقالت إني قد أرضعت عقبة والتي قد تزوج بها فقال لها عقبة ما أعلم أنك أردعتني ولا أخبرتني فركب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بالمدينة فسأله فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كيف وقد قيل ففارقها عقبة Bukhari. زوجا غيره رواه البخاري. Our oh, introduction to it yesterday. The Rasulullah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم said, "Yahrum min al-Rida ma yahrum min nasab Yahrum min al-Rida ma yahrum min nasab That relationship that is formed through foster, in other words, breastfeeding. That relationship that is formed, whatever is. Established through that will be of the same level as normal lineage. In other words, like you cannot get married to your blood sister in the same way if someone becomes your foster sister, in other words, the mother of that child breastfed you, then automatically she becomes your foster sister, so any relationship between the two of you will be haram and forbidden. Uqba bin Haris radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is the name of the Sahabi. He says that I made nikah with the daughter of Ihab bin Aziz. It's mentioned her name in another riwayat, Ummu Yahya bin the Abi Ihab, and that was actually her laqab, her title, her actual name was Ghaniya So in any case, he married her and he says that a woman came to him in another riwayat it comes Imratun Souda, a dark-skinned woman or a black woman and she said to Uqba bin Haris radiallahu ta'ala anhu that when you were an infant I breastfed you and your wife who you got married to ghaniya radiyallahu anha, O oh, oh, Ihab bin Aziz, she said, I breastfed her also. So, Akbar was shocked when he got this news. Obviously, it's natural, he would be shocked. Because in essence, what this woman is saying, that you got married to your sister. In other words, your foster sister, and as we mentioned the hadith in the beginning, this is totally forbidden and haram. It's almost... Like getting married to your own sister. So when he heard this, he was very, very worried, very, very concerned. And his immediate reaction was, he said, I had no idea that you had breastfed me. Nor did you inform me before this. You have only come and informed me now. So in order to get clarity as to what he should do or what is the Islamic injunction in this particular instance, فَرَقِبَ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِالْمَدِينَةِ he wrote to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Sharif. In other words, at that time Uqba bin Harith radiallahu ta'ala was a resident in Makkah, Mukarramah. So he undertook the journey to Medina Sharif. Fasalahu, and he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Before we go further, the first question here that ulama-i kiram raised, or that is discussed under this particular hadith, is that, This woman who was, to all instances and purposes, a total stranger, comes and says, listen, when you were a baby, I breastfed you. So I am actually your foster mother. And I breastfed the woman whom you are married to, so she is your foster sister. Now, the claim of one woman who is a total stranger, through this, does such a relationship become established? And does this nikah break? So that is the first question that Ulama kiram raised with regards to this divide. According to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah, or the Hanbali Mazhab, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal is of the opinion that the, when it comes to establishing a foster relationship, the testimony of one woman on her own is sufficient. And he cites this particular hadith as proof of this, that to establish a foster relationship, here was one woman on its own, and we can see from the response that Nabiya Park wasalam, gives, that in this particular instance, foster relationship was established, and this nikah was brought to an end. On the other hand, Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, and majority of the scholars say that to establish a foster relationship, minimum you need the testimony of one man uh, and two women or two men. Two men or one man and two women to establish a foster relationship. So then the question is, how come in this particular hadith, whatever occurred, they say that in this particular hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa advised Uqba to separate himself from his wife because of, in order to exercise taqwa and caution. In other words, coming back to the riwayat itself when Uqba bin Haris came to Rasulullah sallallahu in Madinah Sharif and he said Ya Rasulullah I'm married to so and so now a total stranger has come and this is what she says that she breastfed me in infancy and she breastfed my wife so Ya Rasulullah what must I do so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa responded and said wa waqad qil?" that Uqba How can you carry on with this nikah? How can you carry on with this relationship when whatever has been said has been said? In other words, this blemish or this blot or this doubt or this uncertainty will always be hanging over your head. Is she my sister? Is she not my sister? Is it haram for me to stay with her? Is it not haram for me to stay with her? So because of this, that. Now that this has been said, this blood, this blemish is already there. That time there was no DNA testing, etc., etc., et or other means that could have been utilised. So based on all that, Allah's Rasul wasallam says to him, that How can you carry on or perpetuate this relationship? So, Ulema Ikram, Imam Abu Hanifa, Allah, and others, a majority of the scholars, they say that this advice was given to exercise caution and out of piety. It was not that Nabi ﷺ was giving a hatmi or a, a, a decisive ruling that the marriage is now broken. But nevertheless, based on what Rasulullah ﷺ said, فَفَارَقَهَا عُقْبَى وَنَكَحَتْ زَوْجًا غَيْرَهُ ghayrahu رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰهُ Separated himself from her and he married someone else. That is one explanation ulama al-Karam give, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gave this ruling because to, in order to exercise taqwa and caution. And the other explanation ulama al-Karam give that in this particular instance, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallam is sahib wa wahi. He receives wahi revel, revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala informed him through wahi and revelation that the claim of this woman is true and correct. And that in fact, uqbah is married to his foster sister. This is why Rasulullah ﷺ advised him in that particular manner that you should separate yourself. But this hadith is a very, very clear example of the sabak and lesson that is taught throughout this chapter. That when something is doubtful, then it is better for you. When something is doubtful and there is credible grounds for doubt, then it is better that you abstain from it. In this particular instance, according to majority of the scholars, this foster relationship was not established. Because there was not two male witnesses. Nor was there one male and two female. This was one solitary woman. So they say this relationship was not established. Yet, yet, Uqba separated himself from her in order to stay away from the doubt. So we find that it is a very clear example as to what our reaction should be, wherever there is an element of doubt, etc., as we see is the overriding theme in most of these ahadith in this chapter that we have discussed. When Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qalat Kana li abi bakrin as-siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu ghulamun yukhriju lahu al-kharaj Wa kana abu bakrin radiallahu ta'ala anhu yakulu min kharajihi Faja'a yawman bi shay'in فأكل منه أبو بكر فقال له الغلام تدري ما هذا فقال أبو بكر وما هو قال كنت تكهنت لإنسان في الجاهلية وما أحسن الكهنة إلا أني خدعته فلقيني فأعطاني بذلك هذا الذي أكلت منه fa adkhala abu bakr yadahu fa qaa'a kull shay'in bukhari Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha is the narrator she says that abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu had a slave yukhrij lahu al kharaj and the slave used to earn for abu bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu as we know in the time of Rasulullah صلى prior to that also, slavery was existent. One of the one of the relationships, or one of the conditions, or contract contractual obligations that used to exist between a, a slave and his master or his owner was that, in some instances, the owner would say to the slave would set a a stipend or an amount, they listen, every day you must work and from whatever you earn they would set an amount, in our terms, our understanding say, okay 10 rand is mine, they used to call this Kharaj. so the slave would earn whatever profession he had, whether he was a laborer or whatever it is and if he earned anything more than that he would keep the excess money but whatever the set amount was set, that kharaj, he would pay to his master every day. So like that, Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu had an, agreement or association with this particular slave. Yukhrijul Every day he would earn and he would give to Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, وَكَانَ Abu Bakrٍ يَأْكُلُ مِنْ Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu would eat from the earnings of the slave. So one day, the slave brought something to Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. It's mentioned in other riwayat that it was the practice of Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu normally. In normal instances, he would ask the slave, how did you procure whatever you brought today? And based on the response of that slave, would be the reaction of Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. Inadvertently, this particular day, this person, the slave brought something to Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr Maybe he was preoccupied so he didn't ask him. In that instance he didn't ask him that where did you earn this from. So he consumed it without asking. And then after cons- consuming it, فَأَكَلَ مِنْهُ أَبُوْ بَكَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ taala anhu, Without Abu Bakr asking on his own the slave addressed him and said, "Tadri مَا هَذَا Do you know where I earned this from? Do you know where I earned this from? Why would the slave all of a sudden just mention this? Because it was normally Abu Bakr used to exercise caution and ask. Today inadvertently he didn't ask. So the slave on his own, after Abu Bakr had consumed from this, he said to him that, do you know where I earned this from? So Abu Bakr asked him, from where is it? How did you procure this, whatever you brought? So the slave said, I used to work as an astrologer for someone. I used to work as an astrologer for someone in the days of ignorance. In other words, prior to Islam. And I didn't know much about astrology but I used to deceive this person. I used to pretend to be proficient in astrologer, in astrology and I used to deceive this person and that is how I used to earn in the days of ignorance. Now this question of astrology or what we call Kahanat. This is something that was in vogue prior to Islam, amongst the Arabs, also amongst the non-Arabs. In other words, predicting the future based on looking or judging the movement of the stars. Astrology, or nowadays we find that it is still prevalent. People every day in the newspaper, etc., they see which star they belong to, and we find a message that if you a certain star, PCs or whatever it is, Then this is going to happen, you're going to meet somebody today, you'll meet some stranger. In reality, all this is a whole lot of nonsense, and it has no basis in Quran and Hadith. And the practice of astrology is totally, completely forbidden and haram. And we have to abstain from it in every instance. In other words, not even go close to it. We shouldn't even be discussing or talking such things. So, in the days of ignorance, this person used to do this. And what was even... What we might say in crude terms, add fuel to the fire, was he didn't even know how to do astrology. That time they had some sort of basis by which they used to do astrology. So he says, I, I didn't, ma kahana. I didn't even know, I used to deceive, khadaatu, I used to deceive this person. And he says, today I met him after a long time, and he was owing me some money from before for some astrological work or predictions that I had done for him. Fa'atani hadaladi akalta minu. So in exchange for that he gave me this from which you consumed. InshaAllah we'll continue Smain